We've been on our family series this month, <clears throat> and we've entitled it A Family Affair. And uh, in our first session, we talked about the, just the genesis of the family. God created family, and he had purpose for family. There wasn't just, it wasn't just an accident, but God has the blueprint for family, and it's one man and one woman coming together and procreating and establishing connections. It's happened since Adam and Eve, and it's been going on ever since, and today we desire to see that manifested in the earth. Last week, my daughters came up here with me, and we talked about, since on Father's Day, talked about the relationship between fathers and children and how vitally important it is the scripture says that that in these days what what John the Baptist brought what Jesus brought was a reconnection of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and we see in our nation today there's such a need for that right there <clears throat> I, I, I made a I made a comment last week or uh, I, I think it was last week I made a comment about you know Everything you see on television and sitcoms and commercials, the fathers look like, in most cases, the fathers look like a bunch of idiots. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they're just pathetic, and, you know, everybody just makes excuse for the fathers. And, um, you know, I can say that, that probably they've gotten that from somewhere, <laughs> And, and in other words, they've probably seen, people have probably seen, people that are writing scripts for these sitcoms and different things. They've had horrible relationships with fathers, you know? And as a result of that, they think everybody's that way. And yeah, it looks bad and it looks like things are not well out there. But where, where are men going to learn to be fathers if it's not in the church and in the Word of God? I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand. My, my, my earthly father is 80 years old. And, and we have an awesome relationship, but he had no relationship with his father, and so he had nothing to put into me. And as a result of that, he worked all the time, and he and I have had these conversations. We have good relationships, so I'm not saying anything in a bad way about him, but he knows what he didn't have. And because of what he didn't have, he had nothing to put into me. And none of my family were born again, and none of them knew God whatsoever until I got born again. And when I got born again, there was a process that started. And I'm telling you, when I married my wife, and when we had our first children, and when our children were young, and all that kind of thing, I mean, I, I still had no clue. Just because I got born again didn't mean I knew how to be a father. I had to learn how to be a father. And, and, it, and it's been through trial and error and a lot of mistakes, but you know what? We're not going to sit back and focus on our mistakes and waller in what we don't have and be a victim for the rest of our life. Let's rise up and be the men that we're supposed to be, and that's what we talked about last week. Yeah? Okay. So this week we're going to talk about... Um, my wife's going to come and join me if you want to bring those stools. Thank you. Um, my wife's coming, and we're, we're going to talk on a couple of subjects because we don't have a lot of time, so we're just going to kind of mention, you know, kind of the headlines of, of these two talk, topics. But we're going to talk on, on um, singleness or being single. You know what? I think I'm going to give you this, right? And then I'm going to talk over here. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> <clears throat> but we're going to talk, you know, from, from the standpoint of, 
what it looks like today to be single because there's, 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 a, there's a lot of interesting facts along this line that, that you knew a little bit about, but I knew very little about, you know, and, um, and then we're going to talk about um, connection between husband and wives and what that really looks like and, and how relationships need to be looked at and the tools to make those relationships right, would you say? Yes, we yeah. are. And we're going to discuss some of that. So <laughs> that. The, the, the title, the, the, the catchy little title of our message today, I had to read it and remember it myself. Um, becoming a functional one and not a dysfunctional two. Okay? So that's what we're going to discuss and talk about. You want to you like your seats right here? You want to sit right here? Use that pulpit? Yeah, I'm going to use a pulpit too. But I'm going to come over here. Both. I'm going to go back and forth from seat to pulpit. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe we'll just stand up. Maybe we'll argue right here. What do you think? <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but oh, okay. Oh, but it could, See, but it could go. go there. So no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get up here, you never know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so let's, let's start out with this first verse, and then as we go past the verses of Scripture, we'll kind of sit down in our stools. <laughs> uh, I'm a walker, you know, I, I kind of walk and move and all that, but anyway, um, verse 21 of Genesis 2 <clears throat> And it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is bone of my bones, this is flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of the man. So there was a piece of him that was taken from him to make the two, but she's part of him. So we're two individuals, but yet we're one, and God made us that way. And, and, it, and there's really no, there's not any way to explain that other than what it says. Because, you know, we, we live in a society where that's not encouraged a lot of times it's encouraged to be your own person and 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 then when you get married if you continue to remain just your own person you don't know how to become one right Mm -hmm. so today we're going to just start out and talk about singleness I mean you know understanding what it means to be single why don't you touch a little bit on on just what that looks like and about the wholeness of each individual person. That well, we when you define the word single, it just means one and it means a whole one. So sometimes we use that word and, and we don't like to use that word much around here. I, I, there's married and there's unmarried because we're all single. At least that's the way it should be. You need to be a whole person going into a relationship, not, you know, you hear that phrase, you're better half or I don't, have my, I'm just a half a person. So, well, that's really incorrect because what we need to be is a whole individual on our own when we go into the relationship. So it's not two halves making one, it's two whole people becoming one. Man. 
And there's a, a vast difference in that. And, and so I think our concept of single maybe needs to change a little bit because we need to be whole people. Right. And that time that we're in that season is what, that's the goal that we, we need to be looking to and working on. Yeah. And, and really, you know, and, and a, a lot of times when, when we look at, at young people or single, it it's not just young, it's whatever age. You can, be, you can be 60 years old and be single. But when you look at single people today, they're, they're, you're, you're in a season in your life that, that you have to really take advantage of. And, and, and I can't speak as much for her as I speak for myself, but I didn't know how to take advantage of that season. You know, it was like, I met you, and then, you know, we're just going to get married, and we're going to, you know, do our thing, and, and, and all that, but, but I didn't really understand, because I was so young, just a couple years old in the Lord, yeah. I didn't really realize how vitally important it was for me to be a whole person, and I can tell you today, and she can testify that when we got married, she was 19 and I was 20, I was not whole. That doesn't mean you're perfectly whole. Oh. But but there was a there were I, I was a bag of fragments. <laughs> I was a little bit of this and a little of that and a little of junk, you know, and and very little, very little. I mean, I had a quality heart, you know, <laughs> but if you ever if you ever heard someone say, and I've said it myself, you know, well that wasn't in my heart to do, yeah, but you did it. You know, I had good intentions, but good intentions will usually fall short. Right. And, and that's why things have to be developed. So I think what's really key today and we're, that we're just talking about and going to address is really realizing the season that you're in and taking advantage of the season. You know, we're talking about singleness and, and taking advantage of the season and realizing the distractions that are there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Would you say? Yeah. The distractions that are out there to keep you from enjoying the time and, and, you, and, and gaining all that you need to gain in that time, no matter how old you are. Any of you today that are not married, that are still single, have any of you today ever felt, and I know you have, so, but this is why I'm asking you this, have you ever felt like that time is getting away and thoughts come to you that, you know, well, if I don't hurry up and get married, in other words, if I don't settle and just, you know, he's a good, he's a good guy or she's, you know, she seems fairly good, you know, and, and I, you know, my, my clock is ticking and I need to hurry up and, and, and do this because, you know, so is everybody else. If you've ever felt that way, I'm just telling you, many times Emmy's trying to rob you from the season that you're in because he's wanting time with you and the person that's right for you is out there. It's just like I've been saying lately, God doesn't move quickly, but he moves suddenly. And there's things that you need to do as a single person that you won't do once you're married. Yeah. I mean, God has things for you to do as a single person, as an unmarried person. That Not that that will be like, <laughs> it's not like a sentence, okay, I used to could be free and now I'm not. It's not that kind of thing, but there's a purpose in your unmarried season. There's things that God wants to teach you. There's things God wants to heal in some of us, and there's things that he wants you to do. I heard Joyce Meyer say this one time. She said she hears so many women just, if I, you know, when I get married, this and that and the other, and she said, you know, she'd been married She's been married twice, and she talks about that openly. And she said, you know, what you don't realize and don't, some people don't in, in 
uh, embrace in their, in their unmarried season is that she said, you, some of you women that are here right now, you've got to, you didn't plan to buy uh, this conference on CD, so you got to go call your husband maybe and say, hey, can, what do you think? But some of you unmarried women, you just march right out there and buy it because you don't have to talk to anybody about it. She said, you know, enjoy the season. Enjoy this time when you are just an individual. It's not going to be a bad thing when you're not because I think that's God's plan for almost everyone. Yeah. But just embracing where you are and knowing that this is God's season for me and to stay focused because, like you said, there's many distractions and, and the whole pressure of time is so unrealistic. I mean, that is such a, such a natural and such a social uh, pressure that we get under our age and, our, and this and that and the other. Well, God knows exactly how old you are. But he also knows the season that he wants you to stay in till he's through with that season in your life. So just go with it. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, God has brought a lot of unmarried people into this church, which I'm very thankful for because um, you don't get an opportunity to, to minister to people in that time of their life. And I enjoy that ministry to yes. those people that are unmarried and, and, and working through some things and, and really setting goals for themselves. But there's distractions always, and it's usually about marriage. Yeah. The other person, where is they, you know? I mean, everywhere you go, there's, gosh, have you all seen all those dating things on TV? Farmers something? Really? <laughs> what does it say? Farmers Farmers something. something. Yeah, yeah. Da- like, dating group is what? So farmers date farmers. Yeah. Yeah, yeehaw. Yippee-i-yay. <laughs> Old McDonald's. The pressure's there. It's everywhere. You need somebody, or you're just not quite you know yeah there but but it's it's a it's been amazing to me through the years and and i i say this just and, and that's not just in this church but but everywhere i go i was just ministering this last week in a in a place and and at the end of the service i was ministering to this young girl who had been engaged to a guy and she broke it off and i said why'd you break it off she said because he wasn't right i said why are you crying she was attached yeah why because she was connected you know I asked her why are you crying well because you know I'm not married and you know I feel this way but I said so I just ministered some things too but what I've seen so much of the time is that you have I talked to married people and they and many times married people feel trapped because I'm not saying in all cases but many times married people feel trapped because they see single people doing a lot of stuff and then single people feel geeky because they're, you know, they're not married and, you know, what are people going to think? And, and it's like, come on, let, let, let's, let's understand and let's trust God for the right one. When it's time and you know it and your heart's right, go, do it, walk it out. And, and, and it doesn't mean that when it's time to get married that you're not going to have issues once you get married because you will. But if you've spent the time with God to become that whole person like we're talking about, make it so much more easier. The differences and the difficulties that we had in our marriage, a lot of it had to do with what I didn't know about myself and the things that I didn't understand. And so when we got into marriage relationship, we had to spend so many years working those things out. And, and had, we, had we worked those things out in our singleness and really understood it in a greater way, it would have made the marriage so much more easier. But I think one of the reasons we have such a heart for this is because our parents gave us what they could, but when we got into word churches, 
for some reason, there was no ministry to marriages. There was no, uh, we didn't get any input. Mm -mm. Um, basically, all we got was, you know, women submit to your husband. That was it. Okay, <laughs> there's got to be more I, I, to it. I like than that. that. You know, that was that was really that was really positive. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's why. But that didn't all, work. Yeah. You know, I mean, e either as she, unto the Lord. So right. I forgot that part. Right. So e either you you know, and, and when you think of submission, that means you're just going to do everything right. I tell you to do. So either that's the way it's going to work, and you're going to have no opinion and no no you know, input into it. In fact, the scripture says that she was created to complete me. And mm -hmm. it doesn't say the reverse. She was created to complete me. So if she's the completer of my life, then if I'm trying to lead and I don't listen to anything she says, then I'm leading in an uncompleted way and it's not going to produce any good. And then as the, sink, as the ship is sinking and she can say nothing, she's just, blah, 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 blah. she's going down with it. <laughs> Or I'm jumping ship. Or she's jumping ship. Well, and that's why they, a lot of the women jump ship, <laughs> yeah, because what, I'm, I'm, you, you go down with that stinking ship, I'm not, you know? And, and in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, there are things, see, people think, well, you know what, women can do that better. Well, when you're talking about male and female, there's no difference. We're equal as, as men and women. There's no difference. Don't misunderstand what we're saying. We're talking about husband and wife based on what Scripture says. And there are roles there. And if you learn to connect with each other and you're not intimidated by one another, and I'm, as I came to a place where I could receive from the things that she said and realize that she was completing me and she had my best interest at heart, then some of the things that she could do better because I didn't know how to do them, when I gained the information from her, I could start doing those things in, in that role as, as a husband, not a role as a man. Yeah. It's the role of a husband. I could begin to fulfill those things because she was helping me, because she was completing me with information and understanding that God gave her. God made it that way so we would, we would be connected to each other. We'd be focused on each other. We'd be drawn to each other. We'd communicate together with each other instead of looking at all these other places. And it's not that you were incomplete because we were saying, I mean, maybe we were. We probably were. Right. But you, you shouldn't be incomplete, but you need my help because yes. I was to be your helpmeet. Right. So that's really the, more of the word. Okay, but I'm going to disagree with you just a tad here. Okay? Oh, excuse us for just saying. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. As, as a man, you need to become complete in who you are, okay? But when you enter into to marriage and you, you come together, there's things that each other has that are strong suits that will benefit each other. Right. And, and that's where we become more complete as a one unit, yeah, not okay. as the individual unit. I'll give you that one. Okay, she gave yeah. me that one. At least in front of you, she <laughs> gave me no, I may have more to say later. No, right. I'm no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So we got ahead of ourselves. But in, in the meantime, focusing on those things can be a distraction when you're unmarried. Right. Especially if it's a decoy, which I've seen so many times in some of our unmarried people they're, they get in church, they get focused, they're in the Word, and then here comes this decoy right across their path. And inevitably, they'll stop and wonder, like, okay, well, am I missing this person? And so many times, and, you know, a lot of, reputa a lot of uh, gossip around, you know, I don't know if any of y'all heard this, but did you know that at Gates of the City we don't allow people to date? 
Did you ever hear that? I've heard a lot worse stuff than that about Gates of the City, but that's just one thing. Okay. Yeah, we better not be hearing any, uh, <laughs> doing any of that kind of stuff. Big, yeah. big trouble. No, it's most of the time we've seen this pattern. You get on a path, you're working on your relationship with God, and here comes a distraction. Yeah. And so many times when they take that bait and they go after that decoy, they get off track and things are never the same. We've seen it over and over again. Yeah. So when God gets you in this place where you're developing your relationship with him, he's not ready for you to have an interruption. Right. He doesn't want to be interrupted by someone else in your life. He wants you. Well, and many times what we've had in, in the past is we've had people come to us and they've had yeah. nine miles of bad road, right. you know, 45 bad relationships. And you know what? How do you make this work? And then, so they would sit with us and we'd say, okay, now if you, if you really want to learn, this is the way it's going to be. Okay. And so they start learning and they get revelation. And I mean, it starts, things begin to happen. And all of a sudden here comes that distraction. And so then they come to us and we say, you know what? You're not ready for that. Now, if you just want another relationship, like you've had 45 times, that's fine. You know, but then when they really think it's right because they have a little bit of revelation and they think they're ready and we're telling them by the spirit of God as an authority, not, not somebody that we went after, somebody that came to us. Right. And when we tell them, you know what, I'm just telling you right now, you're not ready for that and it's not the timing. I'm not saying it's the, per maybe that's the person in the future, but watch for the timing right. of that. Timing. And then they get mad and then they leave and, and we don't allow people to date. Right. And of course, those people that say that, they're not dating. I don't see them being swarmed by, but whatever. Yeah, That's whatever. Okay, anyway. So <laughs> we, better, we better get off of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you put those in the middle? Sure. I can see them Thank you. Here's where I am right here. And this is where we were. And, and the, the little point I, I made there, and we're still in singleness or singlehood or single whatever whoever's single um something that's really key that i knew nothing about you know i mean i mean i i was not born again for almost 18 years i got born again and becky and i got married in within two years and so there wasn't any dating or anything you know while i was in well, I was born again. There was no dating because she and I dated. I mean, anybody else other than her. And, but, but what we found out as time went on and as we had girls and, and we just looked at things kind of in a different way than the way we were raised, um, we realized that when you spend a lot of time dating a lot of different people, that you give a part of your heart away. Mm -hmm. And a part, there's parts of your heart that were intended for one person. And I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not telling you you can't date. I'm just saying that, that there is some, there's some real truth to that because what I realized was when my wife got married, I realized how many parts of my heart had been given away to other people and, and how that affected our ability to have connection and communication and vice versa, how we, we, we struggled in that area to get through it and and a lot of times what happens is you're not for a while you're not honest with each other because you don't want to go there and and it create all kinds of stuff but the truth is this 
if you've been in a lot of different relationships, your heart has been given away a piece at a time. And, and to gain that back, and you can get that back through Jesus Christ, and you can get it back through relationships. So, so the giving away of your heart really doesn't matter how old you are. Sometimes I think people that are older, maybe if you've been divorced or you've just never been married and you're older and you've been in a lot of relationships, it, it, you, don't, you, you think to yourself, well, I'm not a teenager, you know? Yeah. And so these, some of these principles don't apply, but it doesn't matter how old you are. You give your heart away, yeah. you know, and, and, it, and it's really a key thing to really protect your heart when you are single and continue to grow. It doesn't mean don't have relationships and have good friendships, you know, with guys and girls, opposite sex and those kind of things. But, but just really being aware of not going too deep with somebody that you're not going to be serious with for the rest of your life, you know. That's just an encouragement from right. us because of what we see, how important that that is in the Word and how it could have been so much better for us had we understood things yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just on the heels of that, there's a statistic that says the um, greatest sexual immorality in the church are in the ages of 30s and 40s. Now, most people wouldn't believe that. They'd think teens. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's running a close second. But the idea is that if people are divorced or people are after a, get, they get past a certain age, that that doesn't apply to them. And that is nowhere in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, God wants you to be with him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He wants you to control your emotions, control your body, control yourself, and keep yourself in a place that is honoring him with your body, no matter how old you are. Right. So I think we need to check that thought if we're those age groups and we're struggling with that and needing to look at that according to the word. There is a, there is a point in there when you have to say, okay, I don't care if I live to be whatever, if I never marry, I'm going to honor God and his word with my body, mm -hmm. regardless. Absolutely. And that, and in, in this society, that's a tough thing. Yeah. And you may be sitting here today and you haven't done that or whatever. That you, we're not here to condemn anybody, mm -mm. no matter where you're at, because God takes you where you're at right. in the moment. And, and, and he, if you will allow him to develop your inside and, and your revelation of who you are in him, that's where you'll have the power to do the things that she's saying. You won't just hear us tell you that you need to do that, and so you walk out of here under condemnation and guilt, and you know, and I feel this way or whatever. You, you're not going to make changes. Right. You'll only make changes when the word becomes real to you, and it's something that you want to do, that you make a decision to do. So don't misunderstand what we're saying. We're just we have a very short period of time, and we're giving you information here, but we want you to understand how beneficial these things are that we're saying today, and we know because we've lived it, and we've. And there's a whole lot of other people in our lives that have lived the same things, and everybody confers with that, you know. Yeah. So all that taken together, you move into your married relationship. Right. Whether you've understood all that, like I said, we we didn't have people spiritually imparting into us and and guiding us with, okay, here's what you look for, here's what you don't want, here's where you need to be, and then once you've gotten into that marriage relationship, this is. What happens? Right. We didn't have anybody doing that for us. So it's really a big thing for us that we provide that for people. Absolutely. We hear it all the time, the needs in people yeah. for that. And the expectations that are yeah. there, you know, yeah. with, with people. Yeah. So, so we, we want to look at those two things today, needs and expectations in marriage. And I, we, we've realized through 
this year is in, in August will be 35 years that, that we've been married. And we've realized even to this day how important it is to understand roles in marriage and, and, and the role of each person. And again, I think it's really important to understand that there is, there is neither male nor female in the body of Christ. There's not one that's better than the other. We're different, but there's not one that's better than the other. But in, but in marriage, there's not one better than the other, but there are different specific roles that are set up, and we're going to read a few scriptures here that, that, that talk about this. But there has to be real definition brought about in, in these roles to understand them for them to be effective. You have to, you have to know. I, I, I knew absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing at 20 years old about what it meant to be a husband. Absolutely zero. I was probably at a negative four. <clears throat> and, you know, so, I mean, statistics would say that you're probably going to make a couple of mistakes, right? If you're... Or that you weren't going to make it at all. Yeah. But we did. We did. 35 years later, you know. Got the scars to prove it. Some scars and some tough times and, and all that, but we made it. Um, so, we're going to just talk about three areas of, of marriage, and we're going to start with communication, which is really the soulish part of your marriage relationship, the area of communication, but it actually, communication touches all the others. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to communicate, if, if, if she and I can't communicate and be friends, then we're not going to be lovers, and you're definitely not going to pray together. Right. I hear, I hear people say all the time, well, you know, he, he doesn't pray, or we, we just don't pray together. We don't, yeah, because you don't know how to communicate. You don't have a, a soulish relationship where you're connected in your soul, so you, you won't be physically and you won't be spiritually. You've got to have all that together. And, but I think, I think what communication, number one, creates is friendship. Yeah, and you just said spirit, soul, and body in so many words. And that's something that we learned way after we'd been married for a while that you know how God you see God's pattern in things and in even in marriage there's the three part of your three parts of your marriage you have the soulish part where you're friends you do things together you want to hang out you know you know each other soulishly and then there's the spiritual part of you where you are connected spiritually and then there's the physical part of you and you have to understand that those are even exist to, to be able to work on those. Right, you do. But, you know, again, never heard that. Right. We got that by ourselves. So, so most people, I think, just kind of throw it all together right. and just mix it together and just we'll, we'll work it out as we go. You know? Or, and I think women tend to focus on the spiritual part and men tend to focus on the physical part. Mm -hmm. But for each of us, the, the need is different for a spiritual part you know, you, you've got to have communication. And for a physical part, you've got to have fellowship. So you can't do without any of those. You can't those. do one without the no. other. Exactly right. The, the, the other thing, and I think it is with, with you, and, and, and understanding from a man's perspective, I've had to learn in 35 years how to understand my wife from her female perspective, not from my male perspective. Because if, I, if, I, if she says something, and it's, say, a need that she has, 
and I'm viewing it through my male mind, I'm going to try to fix the thing instead of listening to what she's saying and, and, and being a part of that with her. And so that's taken 35 years to learn how to do that. Amen? Sometimes I don't want you to fix it all. I just want you to listen. Just listen. Just shut just up and listen. listen. Because <laughs> what happens to a woman, what, what I've found happens to this woman is that when I listen to her, she feels valued. Right. There's a value there when I'll right. listen. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about listening like uh, and have what I'm going to say yeah, right here. That's you know, not that, and, and, and I had to get past that. I had to learn in my mind. I, I had to take little things that helped me like counting to 15 before I, you know, counting 15 seconds before I answered to where she had to say, did you hear me? Yeah, I'm just waiting. And then 15 seconds was too long, <laughs> yeah. so now, then it needed to be 10 seconds. Now you're thinking about you know, counting but, and not listening to me. Right. I'm <laughs> counting and not listening. There you go. But, but, but I had to do things to help develop in me the ability to, to really listen. And you know what, what happened is? I started learning how to listen, and I started learning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. She did have some stuff that I needed, you know, and, and I didn't think she did. I think I, I felt like I knew it all. Well, it's an unselfish act to listen, to just be quiet, put your thoughts aside, and really hear, and not just hear words, but hear the heart of what someone's saying. That's a total unselfish act. And again, women just seem to have that knack a little easier than men, but we need it probably more than men. Yes. We can do it, but we also need it for ourselves. And when that happens, yes, you feel valued. If you're not listening to me, then what I'm saying is not important. And man, she can listen to me. If I had a problem, I'd come home and I have a problem. Man, I could talk and talk. Tell her all about it. And she'd listen, listen, listen. And then she, she would have an, something to help it out. Well, yeah, I don't know about, about all that. You know, about what I didn't want your opinion. I just wanted you to listen to it. And she could listen, but she had an opinion that really worked. You know, if I would, if I would listen, if I would take what, what it was that she said, but a lot of times, and I find this just in the male gender, you know, we, we want to talk, 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 talk when it's something about us, but we don't want to listen the way that they listen when they have an issue that they need to share. And a lot of times what they are sharing, you know, is like a touchy feely kind of thing. And it's like, you know, we just want to fix it, you know, just get over it kind of deal. And that's not the way they handle it. And we have to learn that as men. And if you don't learn it, marriage won't get better. I mean, you, what happens is you may be two people that just, just tolerate each other, you know, for the rest of your life. But that's no way to live. We don't want to live that tolerating. And again, if you're there, just understand God takes you where you're at. We're just giving you some nuggets to think about and to learn to apply to your marriage that we know will make it better because what is done for us. Yeah, we need to move on. Yes, we do because it's getting late. Um, so the, the, the second that has to do with the spirit realm, um, we're tying with leadership and, um, leadership in, in, in both roles in marriage, I think are, are very key. And, and, um, when, when a man knows how to lead and a woman honors his leadership ability, there's value in that for a man, you know, and, and what leadership in the home for a woman brings when a man leads, not selfishly, but he leads for the good of the home, for everybody involved, what that brings is security to a woman. 
speak on that a little bit? Well, if your leading is out of what's good for me and the family and the whole group of us, then yeah, I feel secure, secure. in that. Secure. Mm -hmm. But if your leading is totally out of what I need and what I want first, and then we'll deal with... Meaning me, what yeah, I want you. first, right. The male gender, uh -huh. the husband. If his leading is strictly out of what he wants and what he thinks, and sometimes I feel, I have, I've noticed that men feel like they want to prove something in their leadership, and you know their, their desire to prove to their wife that they can lead is okay, that's normal, that's in you, I'm sure. Uh -huh. But the part of hearing her input and, and being able to lead with what's best for everybody is what brings the security Absolutely. to the wife. Brings an brings overwhelming security that yeah. I've that If I've I know that you're leading that. with everyone's best interest, not just yours, then I can trust your leadership. Right. And, and along with that and, and included in that, is, it's actually in this Ephesians 5 passage. The 21st verse of Ephesians 5 says, submitting one to another in the fear of the Lord. So there's, in verse 21, there's, no, there's neither, like I said, there's neither male nor female. So outside of the marriage relationship, we're, we are called to submit one to another in the fear of God, yeah. right? right? Submitting is a, submission is a real key in the marriage relationship. And I want to read these few verses here. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as Christ is subject to, to, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, one of the key things about this passage that I think has been misunderstood through the years is this. This is not a passage that predominantly is talking about marriage and using Jesus as an example. This is talking about the relationship of Jesus and the church, and he's using marriage as an example. Right. Did you hear what I said? There's a, there's a huge difference there. Mm -hmm. this, isn't, this isn't a legalistic perspective from, from the marriage relationship, and they just threw Jesus and the church in there. It's, Je it's a relationship with Jesus and the church. And when I finally came to a place that I realized that true submission will come by my Christ-likeness, See, she'll flow with me when I'm acting Christ-like. She's not going to flow with me in rebellion and hatred and, and selfishness and anger and those kind of things. She's not called to submit to those things. She's called to submit to me in everything that I'm submitted to Christ and I'm demonstrating a Christ-like attitude and attribute. Yes? Well said. Well said. See, that brings confirmation to me. That brings authority. That brings, ooh, did you hear her say that? Yeah. I can win the world. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for her, that he, might, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church. Notice, that wasn't marriage there, that was the church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord does the church. And I think that, I think what's really key for husbands loving and giving themselves to their wives is husbands feeling loved by God. Right. 
See, when you feel like that God loves you, then you're able to turn around and give yourself to your wife and love her the way Christ loved the church. Gave himself, washed her with the words. In other words, you speak the word over her, you value her, you believe in her more than you believe in anything else. And what, what this does in a marriage relationship is it keeps you focused on each other and not focused on distractions. So you're looking inward and not looking outward. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to fight against those things all the time. I'm telling you, I don't care who you are today, anybody has the potential for distraction. That's why we've got to communicate and we've got to have this spiritual leadership being developed in the home and in our, our, in our relationship more and more all the time. Anything else about that? Just the same as listening to me gives me value. When I know that you are loving me like you love yourself and that you wouldn't treat me in any way that you wouldn't treat yourself, again, the trust is there. The willingness to submit to your leadership is there. Right. I mean, most women, that's all they're looking for is just value and being loved. Because God made us to follow after you, even sometimes we don't want to. It's like, okay, why do I keep just... But it's, you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. God just wired you that way. Mm-hmm. He wired you to help. A lot of men, they think their wives are nosy and they think their wives are controlling. But that's just a helpmate gone bad, mm-hmm. you know? She, she's wired to do that. She can't help herself. I'll follow him around. Like, do you, need, do you need? No, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah. Or you watch them struggle at something and you're like, just you know right <laughs> you can't stop you right. can't help yourself i mean it's it's just the way we're wired i was i was reading a book one time and in, in the book the, this guy is talking about how in the beginning of his marriage she his wife wanted to do everything she wanted to know everything he was going to do and and one day he was going to go buy tires at a kmart and this this was the story in this book and his wife said start asking him about the tires and he goes well, first she said what did you do today yeah and he was like well i went to buy tires Oh, that, oh, he already bought them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. See how she helps me? She's, she helps me in this. You know? No, no, that's not it. That's not right. No, you know what? Even if I was right, who gives a crud? Huh? We're getting the story over, right? Anyway, so, so the guy, what did you do today? I went and bought tires. And she goes, oh, really? He said, uh, you went to Kmart? And she knows Kmart. She, the woman knew what Kmart was like. And, and what aisle did you go? And I said, the aisle with the tires. I said, what kind of tires? Just tires. Well, were they one with the white little, little strips around them? Or was it black side? And she, he goes, they were black. Or, but, you know, but she was envisioning where he went. And she just wanted to be a part of what he did. And all he thought is she was trying to be controlling about what he was going to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what to buy, bless God. It's, it's this and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why would a wife want to be included in buying tires? It's not I the mean, tires. I mean, it's not the tires. It's, it's the it's relationship. Him. It's him. You know, it's him. Mm-hmm. She's just wanting to be a part of him. And, you know, my lightning fast mind, when I finally got <laughs> a clue of that, it changed my whole marriage. That what she was after was just being a part of me. But... Back to the thing, what did you just say a minute ago? I want to make this point about how, you, how what happens in, um, just right before that. When what I'm helping you? you when you need help? Yeah. Like right now? When yeah. I can't think like of right what now, it was. And, and, <laughs> so you're supposed to be helping me. Supposed to be making Every me time you at, say that to me and I'm sitting there, I can't think of one thing you just said. <laughs> Blank. 
for the mind of Christ. Ooh. No. Um, Do that to you. You're the one right. who can't remember. No. The mind of Christ for you to remember. No. I need you. Yeah. No, no but, um, but what, oh, I, I know what it was. See, okay, he calls me, he, he calls me here. The husband is the head. Okay. So he calls me the head. That's not the boss. And, and yeah, that's in a lead role or a lead position. But when you're a leader, you're responsible for the whole right. kitten caboodle. Right. Right? When you're CEO, you know, you, you can blame the guy at the lower level or somebody a little bit higher up or somebody right underneath you for a while. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. When you're the CEO, when you're the founder of the company, when you're the big dog, so, so to say, it all stops with right. you. Right, and so when she's, when 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 there are things that she's doing, or maybe she's frustrated or struggling with trying to be a part of what's going on with me, instead of blaming her, I've got to stop and realize, okay, what am I doing that's creating this frustration between the two of us? Not just try to force my thoughts and my position on her. I'm the leader. What does the leader do? leads by what example you don't just tell somebody to do something and and you, you know you just figure it out kind of deal and you not put the effort into leading this thing because you know what we're, we're not we're not supposed to be the dysfunctional two we're supposed to be the functioning one right. we're two different spirits but we're one in marriage and and the one won't flow when the leader's not doing his role Mm-mm. and his part Amen? Right. Any other comments about how well I said that? No, just <clears throat> Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> so, the third part is the body, the, the, the sexual connection that there has to be in marriage relationship. Because what, what the sexual part creates is a freedom. When you're in marriage and you're sexually connected together because you want to be, it's not how many acts of sex a week that you have. And I mean, there's all kinds of theories and ideas out there, but I, I'm just telling you, it's not, it's not how much of that that there is, but how rewarding that it is as a result of communication between the two of you and a spiritual life. And when there's communication and a spiritual life and you can actually communicate and talk about the sexual life and experience that you have with one another, the liberation that's there, and the freedom that is there on both parties is amazing. And you know what? When, when that's real, you're not looking outward for someone else. You're not looking for some experience with someone else or it's going to be greater and grass is going to be greener on the other side because when you get on the other side, it's going to be burned up. And it'll burn you up. And it'll burn you and bite you on the other side. So all the effort that people spend in thinking about and meditating on having affairs and going in different direction, if you turn it inward into your marriage relationship and develop that together and learn what a real sexual, intimate, love-making connection is really all about, it, it, it's, it's absolute freedom on both parts. Um, but what it does is it causes you to focus on each other and it causes you to communicate with each other. And, you know, I, I believe that there's no end to what can happen in a marriage relationship when you have all three of these parts working and functioning together. And remember, remember, 
no matter where you're at or whatever frustrations you have, you have the Holy Spirit and God takes you where you're at with the information that you receive. We've just given you just very basic information. This isn't, you know, you know, this isn't a exhaustive, you know, revelation on marriage relationship, but it is key points that have worked for us and that are working for us. And, you know, if, if, if 35 years into marriage, we viewed this as something, well, you know, it worked for us. No. Then what about the next 35 years? It's got to be continually working, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you got to keep continually applying these principles so that things get greater and better. So no matter where you're at, I, I don't care if you're single today, if you're married today, if you're divorced today, it doesn't matter. God takes you where you're at, and he wants to make things better and greater than they've ever been in your life. He wants to make good marriages better. Mm-hmm. He wants to make marriages that are on the rock, you know, to become greater so that they don't become casualties and he wants everybody in this place today that's not married no matter what age if you've been divorced or anything else he he wants you to be whole and connected with him know who you are with him so that you can connect yourself to another and be not a dysfunctional two but an a functional one today can you say you know we encourage all of our unmarrieds and marrieds to spend time with other people that are doing what you're doing and doing it well if there's other people that are unmarried and they seem to be walking that out very successfully, get with them. Spend time with them. If you're just getting, if you've been married a short time, or even even us at our phase of life, we like to spend time with people that have been married longer. You find good peop, good role models, good examples, and mentors in those areas, and you get with those people. Spend time around those people because you've got some good examples of all of those, both of those. Uh, roles in this church. Absolutely. And we encourage you to spend time with people like that. It'll help you. Yesterday I saw pictures of the family connect group that, that you guys came together and brought your kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's good because you can feed off of each other in, the, in those times. Yeah. Also, you know, I encourage, you know, m- married couples, you know, to like, like y'all, periodically somebody that maybe isn't married invite them to lunch one day and just say hey, go go with us it's good for them to see how married couples yes. are you know you 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 know Taylor and Kristen might in, in, invite Fabian to go eat lunch and you know they may get an argument at the table and he can watch them you know argue over something at the table or what you know and see that that everything is isn't perfect or they have a disagreement right. you know what I'm saying not right. a, like a knockdown drag out but I'm just saying a disagreement about something because that uh, you know married couples just t- tend to every once in a while have a disagreement you know no I mean she's a female I'm a male we think as different as night and day and we, what we're doing is lear, we've been learning for 35 years to come together. And that's, that's what it takes. It, don't, don't judge what someone else is struggling and pray for them, encourage them and those kind of things. Because I'm telling you, the devil wants these marriages to end in divorce. Upwards of close to 70% of the marriages in America today are ending in divorce. And you too know? many in the church. And too many of those are in the church. And now people are getting to the place where they're not even marrying. Why marry? It, right. We can just live together and, and do that. So, you know, and that, that's all a whole nother subject. But, I mean, it, but if you, if you were taught and had good principles and you can see it work and you see good examples of people that are doing it right, man, I want, I want it like that. 
When I see Pastor John and Ann, my pastor, they'll be here this next month. When they come here, I mean, you see them. I mean, that, the, the two of them are like two little teenagers. They're, they're so in love, you know, with each other today. When you see those, Pastor Steve Kelly and Wave Church and, and, and Sharon Kelly, I mean, they're just, you know, they love each other. They've been married all these years. They're great examples of people that it's worked for them, you know. Brother and that, John and Pat. And, and Brother uh, John Evanzini and Pat. I mean, I mean they're, they, they're like two little kids. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, they're up in, 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 in the natural in age, but I mean, yeah. they just, they, there's a romance still yeah. brewing and stirring in their lives, yeah. you know, and it should be that way. Yeah. It should be that way. Great examples all throughout, you know, the body of Christ. And I mean, in, in our church, oh, couples yeah. that have been married for long periods of time, you know, and, and seeing the, the love that they have and the commitment that they've made to each other. It's amazing, yeah. you know, so grateful and so thankful. Yes. So I'm just telling you today, it doesn't matter what you think or how weird it sounds or whatever, God created family and he created one man and one woman to come together and be able to stay together. And, and, and I, don't misunderstand me if you haven't. My, I came from a, a divorced family. My parents divorced when I, at a young age. I mean, things like that happen. But God wants to take you where you're at today and get you to realize and to believe that this can be a great thing. He has Amen. a plan for you too. He does. He has like a plan. Your, that Jeremiah that you were... Scripture yes. that you've been talking about. Jeremiah yeah. 29, he 11. He has a plan for them as well. He has a plan for everybody yeah. in here. Can you say amen? amen? And he didn't make a mistake with anybody. Uh -uh. He has a plan for everybody here right. today. Amen? Well, let's pray over them today. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything specific? Not in the moment. On your mind? Yeah. Just as a whole today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the just, just the one thing that is really strong on me. I, I was, I was uh, speaking to this young girl. Several people were ministering to this young girl in the service of, that I was preaching in this last week up in New Mexico. And uh, the thing I told her, I said, you know, if you feel desperate, get rid of that. Yeah. There's no reason to feel desperate to be married the guy will not a guy will not change your life jesus changes your life a guy will complete things you will complete things in the right person but for you to feel desperate that you have to have a man oh my gosh yeah. get all, get that thing off of you whatever it takes and and i'm just saying that to everybody that's single today that other that other half that other not half but that other person will not complete you he will not, he or she will not make no. things right in you. They'll complete you once it's the right person, but they're not the answer for your life. And that's a lot of Jesus expectation is. to put on somebody. It is. People can't usually live up under, up to that. Up to that expectation, yeah. With know where that needs to be directed. Yeah, because then they're let down because of what you don't do for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it shouldn't have been that way. You know, right. people are going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes right. in marriage. You're going to do things that... Are not pleasing to the other person. I mean, it's just it's just that way, you know. But I'm I'm just telling you today, everybody here that's not married and everybody that is married today, just take a deep breath and thank <laughs> God for the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside yeah, of you. Yeah. Amen. Because He is the difference in everything that you do. Amen. Yes. So, Father, today, Becky and I just thank you for. The 35 years, I thank you for the woman that you, I don't know where I'd be had it not been for this woman in my life. 
I thank you so much for her, and I thank you for the example that our marriages to other people are so thankful and grateful that I can share things and minister things to other people to encourage them. But when I look out in this congregation today, Lord, I see every single person is a living testimony and witness to your greatness. Number one, because of who they are in you. Above everything else, who Jesus Christ is in them and how real that that is on the inside of them. And then, in no matter there's been broken relationships or bad relationships or divorces or anything else, it doesn't matter. Lord, today you're taking them right where they're at and the Holy Spirit in them is revealing himself to them in a greater way. And they'll know when the time is right and when it's the right person in their life that they're to really connect with and, and be married to. And in the, all the married relationships today, Lord, but no matter if it's a good relationship that they have, I, th I believe that the Holy Spirit is revealing to them about how to make things better, just in some of the nuggets that we shared today. And if there's some marriages that are here today and you're on the rocks and there's some things you're struggling with, Today, the Holy Spirit is revealing and bringing what you need to be able to overcome every obstacle in every situation in the name of Jesus.